0: Hey. Welcome to the Providence Road podcast. Today we're going to be talking about discipleship. What is discipleship? And how can we become better disciples? Making disciples. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I am happy to be with you. Again, this is Sean, and uh, I'm joined today by Emily Sanchez, uh, our children's minister, and I'm also joined by Kent Massey, our connections minister. And uh, today we're going to talk about discipleship. What is discipleship, and how can we be better disciples, like dot, dot, dot. That are making disciples. Yep. That's that's a lot, though. I f- okay, for how much time do we have? That's what I'm saying. This? Like, yeah, this is a seven hour podcast today. No, <laughs> the, th- the thing is, is like the reason it feels like it's a lot is um, disciples. The word discipleship and the and the word disciple sounds really churchy to me. Like, mm-hmm. and because I've grown up hearing about it, and and I've heard the word discipleship and disciples a lot, but for someone who's not. A part of the church or doesn't have church in their everyday life, it may seem like one of those terms that's like, okay, I don't think I'm cut out for this or whatever that is. It just sounds like it's a lot of work. So let's just really get a working definition of like what discipleship is. You guys, what is <laughs> discipleship? I can actually read the definition, but tell me what you think discipleship is.
1: Okay. Well, I do think that we overcomplicate it. I think that we overcomplicate like. of things that we do in church Mm. and then we avoid doing them because we think they're complicated and Mm. a lot of times they're just really not. And so Mm. discipleship to me, if you look in the Bible at um, Jesus and his disciples, literally all they were doing was just being with him and following him and doing what he did and learning from him and just learning from his behavior and by watching him and, um, you know, trying to replicate what he did. Mm. So, of course, I'm sure there's some more formal teaching involved at times, but the biggest aspect of it was just being around him and following him and doing what he did. Mm. And I think that discipleship now can look a lot just like having relationship with people and then having a life that's worth replicating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, and what does that look like in our busy lives when we're working and, and all of that? Like we could get into the specifics of that, but I think that, you know, the yeah. core of it is just having a relationship with people, doing life with people, and then having a life that's worth them emulating. Both ways. So
0: Yeah. Wow. That was great. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Cut.
2: <laughs> I love what um I think it was Dallas Willard who said that a disciple is someone who has decided that the most important thing in their life is to learn how to do what Jesus said to do and to live as Jesus lived. Um I think it was Willard who had this as a definition that I am learning from him how to lead my life in the kingdom of heaven. As if Jesus were leading my life, if He were I.
0: Mm. Whoa!
2: And um, and it's just being that intentional learner. It's a, a disciple in the first century, or in the time of Jesus, would have been considered an apprentice. We are we are apprenticing ourselves. We are submitting ourselves to the kingship of Jesus, and we are living as Jesus would have lived, and we're loving as Jesus would love.
0: Mm. Wow! That's man, both of you killing it on that. I'm going to read this definition that I, that I found. I felt like it was a good working definition. It says basically the condition or situation of being a disciple. So Discipleship would be being a disciple. But it says a follower or a student of some philosophy, especially a follower of Christ. And then the second definition of it, the, the group of original followers of Christ in his lifetime. So really we kind of hear disciple and discipleship in reference to Jesus Christ, I mean that's really kind of where that word comes from. I, I guess we can be a disciple of other things in our in our in our world and in our lives, but mostly that that is contained you know around Jesus uh, but my my question is like how do we how do we become better disciples of jesus and and does that look like having a community? Uh, that may be different than what we have right now if we're not actively a disciple of Christ. Um, I, I say that because um, there was this sermon series that I watched online. I mean, it's at this point now you can pretty much watch any sermon series from any place online. But it the tagline was like, "If you show me uh, your five closest friends, then then I'll show you who you serve and follow." And I was like, "Yo." That's uh, strong language there, Um, and so then that got me thinking about like who who am I in close community with, and how does that affect my discipling and discipleship? Like how how me being a disciple and also um, making disciples. So um, I guess my question would be, um, what is what 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 does community have to do with becoming a better disciple? Um, I can tell you that just being in community with the two of you on a daily basis makes me a better disciple. And I know this isn't, this wasn't like an affirmation festival or something, you know, that wasn't the point of what I was saying, but I really do love working with the people that we work with here because they are, the people that I work with here are very, um, Christ centered, um, not overbearing, uh, not judgmental. Uh, they're real people that have have real lives, um, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I had questions or had a need or um, if, if if something came up, the, this community that we have here, just as a staff, I know I, 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 people just don't get to have that kind of a thing. But um, that's just the com- the kind of community that we have here. But I wonder with y'all. Even just outside of our workplace, you know what does your community look like, and how does how can we be better disciples based off of our community
2: well, there's an old proverb that, um, that I've got written in one of my Bibles. It says, "Tell me and I'll forget, show me and I'll remember, but involve me and I'll understand mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. it is all about being able to to create that sense of community because I think there's an assumption that Especially in the American church, that you can be a Christian but not be a disciple.
0: Mm. Whoa.
2: And that if we could just get people to come to our programs mm. to participate in what we do um, and, and give money, that, you know, keep your name out of the newspaper, the three things that we would typically define <laughs> as, you know, You're being faithful, please. you know, come to a meeting every once in a while, uh, pay your dues and keep your name out of the newspaper. Wow. Um, but but we end up with a church that knows nothing about commitment. Mm. And we are trying to motivate people to do something that they don't want to do. Yeah, And it yeah. forces us to, I think, rethink about church, especially the community of church, in the ways that, that, that we've not typically thought about it before. Um, mm. And I think when you look at the, the state of the evangelical church in the United States, I think a lot of our problems are rooted in lack of discipleship. And not yeah. just the lack of discipleship, but also how that impacts our community right within our churches. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, just in in that statement alone, I, I, I can't help but think that uh, a lot of people that would be listening to this that have grown up in the church feel some sort of guilt if they don't attend a, a regular gathering at least one time a week. You know, and I grew up in a church where we went like Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know, mm-hmm. there was no skipping it. Like it was like almost sinful if we didn't show up. Um, but I'm I'm also just from from what you just said, Kent. I'm I'm thinking there might be more depth in the groups of guys that are meeting together at, let's say, you know, the local brewery to talk about you know Jesus and their lives and their families. Then then there are just for us meeting together on Sunday morning. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't meet together on Sunday morning. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I think we put too much, too many eggs in a basket where we're like, we need to be at kids' church on Sunday. We need to be at regular church and our kids, you know. How do we make the shift, though, to not judgmentally or um, hurtfully get someone that is coming to church into a place where they're in more of a community where there is discipleship happening if that makes sense and we've actually started kind of that shift here a little bit um uh, so this is just new like the men's discipleship groups have just kicked off and something like 50 of our men are in a discipleship group is that right um,
2: I think that's the numbers I've heard.
0: More, I, yeah. Okay, fine. I don't want to do like preacher inflation numbers. <laughs> so let's say like forty-three. No. Okay, yeah, I do know. That's about right. But um, I mean, if you think about it, to me, that's like more people than have ever been in a discipleship group ever at this church ever in the history of this church. Which, which to me is like that's amazing ground being plowed. You know, guys meeting together at Breakman's Coffee House or you know so and so restaurant or whatever on i think there's four or five groups meeting um but what how do we make what do you think is a is a, is a is a a real way to look at making a shift from being at church on Sundays to becoming disciples that make disciples
1: yeah i think that just the starting point from that is Inviting people into your regular life throughout the week, um, you know, actually trying to build relationships outside of a Sunday morning and getting together with people outside of church. I think, you know, eventually you're looking for something deeper, and you know, getting into scripture and all of those things. But you don't have the the relational framework for any sort of like vulnerable conversation or discussion. Um, really, if you're, if you don't have a relationship and I think COVID uh, and just the whole situation kind of magnified to us that we really didn't have relationships, like deep foundational relationships with a lot of people that we went to church with because all of the eggs were in the Sunday morning basket. And the problem with that is that, you know, we get for the most part, the best of people on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And if all we know of people is a Sunday morning when they're in church and, you know, they look their best and mm-hmm. they're, you know, they've just done whatever they can just to get to the building and that's, you know, we'll see them next Sunday. We don't actually know them at all. And you can't enter into any sort of discipleship relationship, accountability relationship. Um, if that's all that you get from people. And so I don't, you know, I don't like for it to feel like shallow by any means, but I feel like that is where you have to start just inviting someone to your house or inviting someone to meet for coffee Mm. or whatever. And that's kind of what I mean about overcomplicating things. Like eventually you do want to get into a deeper, you know, conversation, um, and hopefully, you know you can start something more like a discipleship group or like doing, you know, Bible studies or whatever that is, but yeah. it does have to start with, okay, I want our relationship to be more than just seeing you at church on Sunday morning.
0: Yeah. Wow. So the the whole idea though, that like Jesus chose people to be his disciples though, but he also was choosing people to be his friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I just wonder if the overcomplication comes from we've put, not weave, but, you know, we're saying become a disciple that makes disciples. You know, this is your job. You know, it's like, hey, find people that you can become friends with and people that you can walk alongside of, people that you can look up to, people that will look up to you. That's what it is, really. And so that's crazy that you would say that, Emily, because the whole guess who's coming to dinner thing, I feel like is a Miyagi thing. (laughs) It's like, you know, here, we're gonna wax this car, no, actually, <laughs> we're gonna get y'all connected to each other, yeah. and I hate to say it like that, but it's it's it just sometimes it takes a little nudge mm-hmm. if you're not really in the place where you're like, Yes, bring on all the people,, mm-hmm. let's go out to eat all the time, you know, like for me, no, no problem, easy i I mean, I love to be with people, I love to hang out with people, but I will say from the time we got the boys. We started to foster them. Mm-hmm. We became a lot more internal yeah. than we were external. Mm-hmm. And that changed the landscape. And then COVID, bam, mm-hmm. you know, foster children in our home in COVID. That was crazy. And we became even more internal. And then when we reemerged, it was like, okay, do you want to host people or do you want to go to people's homes? I'm like, oh, wait a minute now. Wait, wait. <laughs> you know, like That's a lot. Um. But I do, I think it's, it's one of those things where we have to be aware enough to get a little bit out of our comfort zone. Even if someone's pushing us towards something um, like meeting at someone's house or, or, or having dinner or lunch with someone that maybe you didn't know that might turn into some really beautiful friendship and relationship.
2: And I'm all about the friendship and relationship. So what I'm about to say, please don't hear me say that. Oh yeah, Okay. okay. Go it, ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm dissing that. I'm not. I I think that's a beautiful place, and, and is a, is not our ulterior motive, but it's our ultimate motive. Um. But also, I think at some level, you have to get to the gospel, though. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And um, because I've been involved in in friendships and relationships that have blessed me, but somehow or another, I've I've neglected the gospel in yeah. yeah. that. Yeah. Um, there's a guy named Bill Hall who writes some really great stuff about discipleship, and one of the quotes that um, that was very convicting for me, he said that the gospel we preach determines the disciples we make. Mm. Wow. And one of the things that, um, that that quote haunts me is making sure that I understand, you know, what is the gospel? Mm. Because I grew up in a church, and I love the church that I grew up in, and. people who love me enough to be able to share the gospel with me and to tell me about Jesus. But we often confused things about what the gospel was, Mm -hmm. that the gospel was the way we did church every Sunday morning, if we did the five acts of worship, or that the gospel was baptism, Mm. or the gospel was the way that we did not, you know, Use instruments on Sunday morning. Right. You know, all of those things became the gospel. And as a result, if everything is the main thing, you lose the main thing. Right. And Paul says that the main thing is the gospel. Right. And I think it forces us to have some conversation at some level about what is the gospel that we're preaching Mm -hmm. and what is the gospel that we're believing and how rooted is our gospel that we're preaching and believing in the person of Jesus because, um, as a disciple, my confidence in him means that I believe that Jesus is right about everything.
0: Right, Mm -hmm. right.
2: And I commit my life to learning more and more about what Jesus says and about what Jesus does so that I can become more and more through the power of the Spirit transformed into the image of Jesus.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I, I think where I was coming from, with the becoming friends thing is that when I was growing up, people were like, quick, get him baptized. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk a little bit about Jesus. <laughs> like right. mm-hmm. we, they, the, the church is like fundamentally left out this like whole, like, um, y'all can be together. Y'all can meet each other. Y'all can talk about the gospel. You can talk about Jesus And it doesn't have to be this Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, you know, thing. Well,
1: and that whole model, because I feel like that does happen, um, it leaves people like now they're baptized and they don't know what to do. Mm. Like, okay, well, that goal is now accomplished and I have no idea what to do with this book of ancient literature that I have no idea how to read and what's the context and all of those things, but at least you got me baptized, you know, Yeah. so that was never a fruitful model to begin with
0: yeah and if you if you look at jesus's life though it it was friendship Mm -hmm. but it was teaching Mm -hmm. and learning and growing and that's what i think discipleship really is there's there's some there's somebody that's teaching there's somebody that's learning there's some growth you know kind of thing
2: well, what I'm about to say will probably ban me from future podcast episodes. Boy. Wow. I like, I'm here for it. The primary function of the church is not evangelism. The primary function of the church is to be a place for the dwelling place of God on earth. Mm. And whenever we fulfill that mission, whenever we fulfill our mission as disciples, evangelism will follow. Yes. Yeah. And That's I. Not uh, controversial. Man. um That's- because, you know, when, when I was baptized, the first Bible class that I ever went to after being baptized, we had a new members class. But our new members class was a book, a little blue book, that was uh, a really, you know, interesting book and had a lot of great teaching called Why Am I a Member of the Church of Christ? I've seen that book. And, um, I've seen it. and, <laughs> and it became, <laughs> seen that. And, and what ended up happening through a, I think a very loving intention, um, was I learned a lot about the church, but I didn't learn much about Jesus. Oh, wow. And as a result, it, it changed the way that I viewed things that I viewed things through the lens of the church rather than the lens of Jesus. Wow. That I yeah. I looked at everything through the lens of the church and then determined Jesus, mm-hmm. rather than looking through the lens of Jesus and then determining everything else. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well, what you said about um you know learning about the church and not Jesus reminded me of um one of the classes that I took in college. Um, it was a lot of people wanted to take it. A lot of people really liked this specific professor and you had to like be online just at the right time when the class opened so that you could get into it and whatever. And I finally got into it my senior year and, um, I don't remember the name of the class, but it was basically about like how to be a dis or how to do discipleship and how to be a disciple and all of that. And, um, I just remember feeling like it was going to be this really novel concept And what we did for the entire semester was read through the gospel of Mark. Mm. And it was just chapter by chapter. And he would unpack, you know, um, he was like, this is how I do discipleship. I meet with people and we read through the gospel of Mark. Why? Because Jesus is the gospel. And so pick a gospel. And he was like, and when I was first a Christian, I chose Mark because it was the shortest one, (laughs) you know? And so he was just honest about that. But, um, but we would just, that's all we did for the semester for the most part was reading through the gospel and he would, you know, interject just knowledge, things that he had learned reading over the years, and so that, and I have just a, like, my Bible, the Gospel of Mark is just marked up like crazy, just Mm -hmm. all the things that he was able to pass on, but that was the point, was, you know, Jesus is the Gospel, like you said, everything Jesus says is right, and so when you're starting out with someone, like, this, to him, like, that, that's where you start, is the life of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, and I just remember I think the first couple of classes being like is this all we're going to do <laughs> you know wow. but yeah again the overcomplicating thing um yeah so what you said just reminded me of that
0: well i i mean in simple terms i guess the only way to the father is through the son and if we can't if we can't um discuss the the gospel that is jesus then we probably have no disciple, discipling, disciples, discipleship, mm-hmm. and um, that just makes it really easy. I think, from my perspective, to hear it that way, um, it's been it's been several years now that I've felt very uncomplicated mm-hmm. about it, but it took a little while to kind of deconstruct that, mm-hmm. um, and I think that uh, for those of us that are wondering about um being better disciples if you can be a better disciple then you are already in a place where you can make disciples mm-hmm. um if you're thinking along those lines well guys thanks for being on the podcast today um i am looking forward to this summer the summer we have a bunch of activities this summer happening mm-hmm. um the youth are going to several different things um impact and the at and Mm -hmm. pbc is coming up in a few weeks months actually fourth week yeah so my kids are so pumped about pbc they they just talk about it all the time so that's that's exciting and and you guys had it last year but you didn't have it the year before is that correct
2: that's correct yeah we we
0: we had covid last year which is why we couldn't come which was awful um but uh well, we're I'm looking forward to you being there this year. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, and are, are you going to be out there as well?
1: Yeah. Okay. The girls went for the first time last year and now it's like non negotiable. Okay. The biggest, we're talking about um, the fireworks. Yep. Big love for the fireworks. Love it. And um, Mr. Bwet.
0: Mr. Loftus. Brett, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Oh. Bwet. <laughs> Mr. Precious. Bwet Loftus. Yeah. So
1: they're ready to go.
0: So. Okay. All right. Well, guys, um, let's uh, just take a minute to um, say a blessing uh, over everybody here. And uh, as we go, I'm I'm just going to repeat this, recite this. Every time we leave, I I say this, um, but I mean this with my whole heart. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give each of you peace we will catch you next time thanks for joining us